Welcome, everybody, to our 11th episode. <laughs> it's 12, no? No, it's 11. Is it definitely 11? Yeah. I was going to say, I wish it were 12 because that way we could have ended, you know, like... We like even. We like even numbers, but it's Oh, 11. we could say we've given you an extra one this season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, welcome to our 11th episode, our special second episode of our Mental Health Month. You, do you know, when you get into this interview, you'll realize that you say, you say things over and over again. I know. Well, I was drunk. I was drunk. By that point, had we already had an interview uh, before um, James? Um... I think we had... I don't remember. <laughs> you can't even remember. It's all a blur because this happened before we went into our, uh, our latest lockdown, oh, obviously. No, so um, it's our last episode of season three. Yay. Okay, then you can add the little claps because you had the claps, remember? Okay, do you know what? It's the last episode. I'm doing fuck all. Yeah, you can add the little claps. Okay. Claps. Yay. Yeah, so it's our last episode of season three and uh, we are going to be taking a little break. Are you... We say a little, it's like three weeks. I know, but it's a little break because we have a lot of people listening to us. So they're like expecting an episode every you know, yeah. other week. But we're, for the month of April, we are going to be logging off. We're going to be re relaxing. We're going to be relaxing. Digital detox. Uh, as, much, as much as you can relax during these fucking lockdowns. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> we are going to be relaxing and um, we're going to be coming back with what key? Season four? Is that the correct answer? <laughs> <laughs> well, what comes after three? It is. We're going to change up the gear a little bit. Winter's been quite nice to get a little bit raunchy, a little bit sexy, yeah, a little bit intimate. Yeah. But I think now we're going to be we're coming out of lockdown and we're going to be into party season. Into so. summer mode. We are doing Thirsty <gasps> Beach season four. Oh, yes. And listen, we are going to be kicking it off with a bang. And we can't really give away too much can't we we can't give away too much i don't know <laughs> and this is one of these reasons we, we actually have our first two guests uh, we do we already do four. have them all yeah we've got new logos we've got new pictures we've got new guests we've got new segments yeah so um yeah we're gonna have a little segment uh with none other than Chris Vanji. Chris Vanji, yes. So he is going to be jumping on board on the thirsty bitch train for the summer, summer edition. Yes. And uh, well, we're not, that's all we can say. We're not going to say what exactly what he's going to be doing, but we're just saying that he is going to be part of Smegma. 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 That's what you get under your foreskin. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we are going to be doing so many new things and we are really, really, really preparing ourselves for the summer season. So, without further mm -hmm. ado, let's listen to, and I hope you guys really enjoyed, to the last episode of season three. Oh my God. Boo-hoo. <laughs> With our special guest. It's James Bennett. <laughs> exactly. Welcome to the drunk bitch. Who's that Ooh, voice? Who's that voice? Who's Thanks that for chirping in, James. I know. Uh. So, listen, <laughs> we have a very special guest today. We kind of wanted to invite our guest to talk a little bit about what it's like to you know, go through the issues, go through the systems, go through the motions of mental health motions of... Um, a lot of words coming out of your mouth. Honey, that's not the only thing that Systems comes out of and motions mouth. and <laughs> things. <laughs> so we wanted to invite him because he is he has been on our podcast before. Oh. And that was a podcast that Keith wants to forget. Is to this why we need to do like a telenovela like flashback? <laughs> we do, we do. Play 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 one of the one of the like most iconic parts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um yeah. So trigger warning. We are going to be talking about a lot of things that could possibly trigger <laughs> so, a lot of people when you when you talk about trigger i see it in the sense of trigger oh she's gonna get triggered <laughs> rather than like this is gonna provoke an emotion girl that must be a generation thing. no it's not a generation no, thing but triggers yeah. like then it no oh, girl no, she's triggered no 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 that's just because you 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 know me from being triggered Ooh. our guest today is none other than keith oh, i think I, I think i've got well, an applause coming up yes. it's james bennett there we are Hello. Hello, thirsty bitches. Okay, can you wear that through your headphones? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. assuming you did because I never tested. Yeah. Oh, it's a good. good it's a good clap. It's not Ooh, a bad I, clap. Oh, how many claps <laughs> you had? 
This well. year, just one. Oh, <laughs> you know, that means you're getting some. <laughs> so, welcome, James. Thank you for having me. You you sent a message to us on our at Thirsty Bitch UK Instagram account, which I did. which I um, did. to be honest, uh, we've been blocked from. Or mm, we were blocked from, that so again. that's why we did not reply to you sooner because we were blocked from that account. So, um, yeah, I wanted to kind of like take a little bit of a moment to say uh, what you wrote was actually very inspiring in terms of what we were planning to do anyway with mental mm-hmm. health. And you said that you had a lot of experience, you know, with yeah. uh, mental health and mental health I've issues. I've had um, quite a lot of experience personally in my family life and professionally. I, I was a care worker with uh, special needs people, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I supported them with end of life care. But Ooh. with the special needs people that I was supporting, they mainly had um, mental health problems. So there was schizophrenic, there was undiagnosed learning disability, there was dementia, there was Alzheimer's. So I was dealing with a lot of people who was having mental issues and we was um, dealing quite heavily with the psychiatrists and the wider health team to support these people. Um, ultimately, six of those people that I was supporting wasn't my fault, so don't come for me. Naturally, okay. life progression, they mm-hmm. passed away. Okay. Um, and that I thought was quite a hard struggle for me. It affected me mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. So I moved into children. Hopefully that's going to stay around longer, but children are just as crazy. Can I say, when you went into the end of life stuff, was it something that you interviewed for? No. And they said, oh, did you get the job and go, by the way, you're going to deal with people who are dying? Very that's, much that, Keith. But what kind of what kind of preparation did you get or support for preparing you for something like that? You don't really. When I was working in care, that was a, a good 10 years ago now. Um, they didn't. I got told I was going into work with elderly with learning disabilities, which was fine. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously, I think they assume you're going to think elderly people, end of life, it comes hand in hand. But I didn't yeah. never have no specific training to deal with people passing away um, or with their end of life care. What we yeah. did have was that when somebody approached the end of life, the palliative care team came in. So then right. my care company, we worked very closely with the palliative care team, uh, also the wider health professionals. Um, mm. So th- there was there was one lady who we... Um, she she passed away. She had cancer. She had dementia. Um, we worked with the wider health team and she passed away at home in her bed with her care team around her. She was the only person. She didn't have no family. No. So we care team was her family. So, mm. you know, we made sure that she had the best and that we was there with her. Um, but when that person's passed on, who looks after you then being the care worker? Because you can't, you can't just switch. If it's, if I think switching your feelings off is something you learn. Mm. You can't just say, someone's died, I need to detach emotionally. Yeah, I mean, for me, at the time, I didn't have no um, support from that, unless it was from my management team. Um, and then, you know, you don't really want to go to your boss and say, I'm finding this hard and this yeah. and that and that, because then the fear is that she's or he is going to think, you can't cope with the job and yeah. then you'll be gone. You'll but be gone. Is that not natural feeling? People are human. I mean, I know that your job requires my, certain things. My boss, I remember very vividly her telling me that the more I dealt with it, the less it's going to affect me and yeah. the more I'm going to understand it and I'll grow to um, appreciate what end of life is. Mm. And to her credit, it, 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 it has. I mean... Well, that's like pushing a, a child into a pool. Without and not knowing how to well, swim, I think I think that's that's kind of like you you push them in and you kind of like hope for the best. Yeah, I think their philosophy was that you know we're not the only carers there. Like I, I say, like it was the care team, but also my management were very involved with um, all of our clients. Mm. So it, they were management would be popping in every day to see us to make yeah. sure we was all right. Are you okay? Do you need anything? Are you doing any da 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 da? To sit you down and say, how are you feeling about this situation? I mean, there was one gentleman who uh, he was dying from aspiration pneumonia, and we he went into a coma. We knew that he wouldn't be. Um, the same once he come out of it so the doctors and the care workers and his advocate we decided that the best thing for him was to turn the life support off well, did he sign a form saying well, that's fine well he had that ndnr on him ndna on him anyway do not resuscitate mm. so you know if he did go into cardiac arrest he wouldn't have been awoken um yeah. His advocate who'd been working with him for 20 years knew him very well. And she's, you know, if, you, if you're somebody with mental health or a learning disability, to have an advocate fight your corner is a very powerful thing. And mm. she knew him very well. And she was, you know, it wasn't just him. It was she, he had yeah. her. She had, he had two. 
Um, oh. But yeah, no, there wasn't anything to prepare you for it. There wasn't any so, so to what, come back. It was like, yeah. you know. So how, what, what, how did you prepare yourself? What, what tools did you give yourself to cope with death? Mm, I think I mainly just spoke openly. Um, I think, you know, in care settings, you, you're dealing with people in life. So, you know, you can't really, any question isn't a stupid question. If you have a question, you need to ask it. Mm. Yeah. Um, so my, my management were great. They really were great. I, I have a lot of respect for her and love yeah. still. Um, but yeah, they, they could, you could ask her anything and she would tell you something and it would be like talking to your mum and then you go home and you'd be like, okay, I told my mum my problem and then I'm going to go home. But then in the back of your head, you're still getting it. Mm, I've just told my boss that I don't really like doing this. I don't really yeah. feel comfortable doing yeah. that. I don't, I don't, I don't. How long is she going to keep me in this project for? But to my benefit, then we branched out and started doing outreach work with children. So okay. then I put myself forward. I said, I don't, my heart's feeling very heavy being around a lot of death. I love my clients, but yeah. I want to be around life. I want to see progression. I want to help. I want to see somebody improve. I want, you know, I want to think, I, I was working with, the youngest was a six-year-old up to like 30. And I said, I want in like five years or whatever to just bump into this person and go, oh my God, he's, driving the bus yeah. he's on the bus on his own and he could never do that when I was with him and oh I've okay. seen his progression yeah. and that's why I went into children but um yeah there was a lot of other struggles within the children's services of course from adults, mean, so. no 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 job is going to be perfect but I think it's quite interesting because right off the bat what we're talking about um is based solely on what you were doing as a care mm -hmm. worker um but there's also a side of you that is uh, a sex worker. Well, unfortunately, the um, the situation is that with me now being a sex worker, I can't care work. Okay. I'm. Ah. I can't work with children. I can't yeah, work with elderly course. adults. So that must have been quite a heavy, I, heavy thing to I'm, think about. I'm now barred from that situation. Obviously, I'm Jones Bennett, and then there is my other side. I could hmm. go in with that, but then. Once someone researches James Bennett and then James Bennett gets put forward and then they go, oh, that's you. I mean, but how, I how, how, how does that make you feel with that stigma behind you? Because it makes me really sad because um, to, to just mention briefly, you know, about your sexual positivity and body positivity. Mm. Working in the care world, I really had the core beliefs of diversity inclusion mm -hmm. you know respect everybody help everybody you, you know somebody who's got a wheelchair who can't get into the the yeah. building it's not that person in the wheelchair's fault it's the building's fault yeah. so you know get a of ramp course. for that person mm. you know i was always there to include people i was always there to make people feel that they can achieve what they want and they can move forward but you know they now see it that I'm a sex worker. Because you, you said that when you was a social care worker, you met your fiancé. And we're talking female yeah. fiancé <laughs> on that. So it's, it's kind of like starting a new... The sex work seems like starting a new go. chapter, isn't it? So Here we go. Let's talk girls. Well, For actually, real. I'm, I'm really glad... Uh, let's you, not. I'm really glad you brought that up because that um, builds into part of my mental health. Yeah. So... Um, being a young gay guy growing up, you, you you get a lot of shame from your family, from the social environments. You know, don't hand your hand, hold your hand this way, like with a little yeah. bit arch. You look gay. Don't talk like that. And I've always spoken a bit effeminately. I've always had very feminine mannerisms. Um, so when I was in the care world, I, I met my girlfriend, who was my manager, uh, my boss. <laughs> Is that allowed? No. So we kept it quiet for a while, <laughs> probably about two years. Oh. Now, as I, I know you said you were bisexual, but how did that boss, because I mean, she was, I mean, she was old enough, but she was taking that kind of, I'm doing this she was thing. Only, like, she was only two years older. Yeah, no, she, but as a, as a manager, she's an authority figure. Yeah. So what she, stage, did yeah, she yeah, make yeah, the move? Yeah. yeah, she did actually. She did. She made well, the first girl, move. I mean. But again, this was me, you know, yeah. it was somebody saying, oh, you're gay, you're gay. And I'm like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. And it was like, mm. prove it. And I was like, okay, tongue down your neck prove it even more okay cool spread your legs stick my dick in like yeah i'm not gay cut like, and dry the thing is I don't, I don't like to have labels and i don't like yeah. people to put labels on me um i don't necessarily like the labels straight gay bisexual pansexual no. anything i believe we're all sexual beings and that we all will do what happens with whoever at that moment i'm a sexual person mm. i'm i mean yeah i have yeah. sex with a lot of men but a lot 
I would just say I'm I'm a sexual person, but yeah, yeah. you're a sexual being. Yeah. Yeah. So I was with my girlfriend in the care world, and then I remember watching on TV a program about Grinder. And it had a girl from Hollyoaks in it. I can't remember her name, the actress, but she was talking about how Grinders there and everyone's having so much easy sex. And I was like, Grinder. So I typed it into my phone, got the app valve, and I was like, oh, men. Okay. And I was like, always, I've always had like the yeah. the attraction towards men in me ever since I was a child. I know it's always been yeah. there. I used to, my mum and dad would take me to the pub and I'd be like sniffing the air when my dad's friends walk past because I like their cologne or I like yeah. their aftershave or I just like something. But I would, never really understood what it was. Mm-hmm. endorphins yeah it yeah. was just like you know their pheromones like yeah man and that was as a child <laughs> a man a man so it got to the point when yeah. i was with my fiance she'd now become so how did it go from a dare to fiance because i'm somebody who doesn't like to let go okay so uh, if okay. somebody is in my life i won't like to let go of them so you did love her i did love her but then i also fell out of love with her but you did love her enough to I be, did at the start, yeah. yeah and she is actually part of the reason when I went through self-harm. Uh, yes. Oh, so that, okay. that that was when she broke up with you, but you were so scared that you you maybe like used self-harm. Yeah, what happened was I didn't really know how to deal with it. And a friend of mine was self-harming and explained to me all about how she felt a release from it and da da wow. da da, da. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, so if I self-harm, then the physical pain is going to dull my emotional pain and I'm not going to think about it because I'm experiencing my physical pain. So when I was cutting myself, that was the only one moment, only one time when my emotional pain got blocked off when I was actually physically cutting my flesh. Yeah, it's a bit like overeating. Like, you know, people that eat. To, yeah, to yeah, yeah. And then as soon as I'd finished cutting and then I'd seen the blood and then my emotions then waved wow. even tenfold on me because now I've got physical pain, pain I've got emotional, emotional pain. pain. Yeah, yeah. And then further on, it didn't help because then people was asking me, what happened to your arm? Why have you cut yourself? Yeah, yeah, Why yeah. did you do that? And then it was drawing more attention to a situation that I didn't want to go through and I didn't really want to talk about. Um... But anyway, that kind of fizzled out. And I, I, I just realized that I didn't like the extra attention that it brought to me. Yeah. And I didn't know how to deal with the rejection. I didn't know how to deal with the loss of that. Mm-hmm. I was scared that mm-hmm. I'd lost my girlfriend and that everyone is going to think I'm gay. Um, so it was mainly the gay yeah. thing you're trying so, to prove you were. Yeah, so you yeah. didn't know how to handle that situation mm-hmm. of, you know, your one last shot of mm-hmm. being straight and yeah. also being accepted in the world that is mainly straight it got to a point like um like i said on grinder i found grinder and i was sleeping around with all the guys um i was cheated on her a lot with guys never with oh. a woman never with okay. a woman but with guys there was the burning desire in me to get cock i wanted man i wanted to be with yeah. him i wanted to explore that side of my sexuality and i felt that my my um pending nuptials was gonna inhibit that and i didn't have time to um explore my life that i was closed in and i felt my whole world was closing down on me like i could see i'm gonna get married i'm gonna get a car we're gonna have a child we're gonna live in this house this is gonna be my mother-in-law it's gonna be this and then we're getting more children and it really freaked me out Mm -hmm. and i thought that in my life i have still so much more to explore i'd been on grinder i'd been dating guys and there was this one particular guy that i got very close with And I remember laying in his bed thinking, I feel more comfortable here than in my own bed at my place. With with your 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 fiance. Yeah, with my female fiance. Because I was feeling them feelings towards that particular guy, I knew that I weren't right to be getting married, and I didn't want Mm. to then live that lie, and I didn't want to also ruin her life. Not ruin it, but I didn't want to take away from her life. I felt she deserved better. I felt like I wasn't the right person. So you broke up with her? Yeah, I That's broke up with her. a strong thing to do, really. From downloading the Grinder app to uh-huh. meeting your first guy, considering you're trying to repress the gay side of it yeah. and you had a fiancé, how long was it between downloading it and meeting someone? What, my first boyfriend? No, your first, your first guy fuck. off Grindr. Your first fuck. Oh, instantly. So not that repressed then? No. I knew oh, okay. I wanted to go and have sex and uh, and I saw someone so, on so, Grindr, so, tapped on his tie or tile, met him. Okay, now. 
Okay, so like so, so carried so, on doing it. So help because <laughs> listen, a lot of a lot of times, you know, I've come across a lot of men that have messaged me personally and that they've said, you know, they have a girlfriend, they have this, they have that, but they are they're, they they want to talk to me because, you know, I look a certain way. And to me, it's it's actually quite interesting what you're saying right now because I feel that you, this story, your story could actually help you know, those guys that are out there that are mm -hmm. thinking that they have to be closeted because A, they have a girlfriend, B, they are going to get married, you know, C, they, they, they have this whole life, mm -hmm. you know, built up around that thing. How did, how did you actually break free from that? So when I really found that I had the feelings for the other guy, it was just a lot of things that went through my head. I, I could just imagine her catching me with him uh, and doing all sorts of things. And I just, I, I really like to protect people and I didn't want to harm her. And like you say, take away from her. Yeah. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I can't necessarily give you an, a definite answer to how I did it. I just, in my head, and I've always had this, I yeah. call it my fuck it button. Okay. <laughs> my fuck it button. When did you come and, out? Yeah, and I stand there and a situation will happen and I'll be looking at that button, I'll be looking at it and then in the end, in my head, I'll just press that button and I'll do it. Like, you know, end okay. of, I've made my choice, done it. I've, I've been diving around for too long, no. One thing I wanted to ask is that the, all, this, all the stuff you went through with the fact that from repressing being gay to mm. realising like men, is that a society thing that's told you that gay's not as good as straight or is yeah. that a self-discovery thing? Yeah, um, throughout my whole life. I've always been looked down on people from the communities. And I'm not like main LGBTQ plus community. I'm just mean like the wider community. Uh, faggot boy, uh, chichi boy, uh, batty boy, da, da, da. All, the, oh. all, all through me walking down the street and as a child. And I didn't even understand what gay was. I didn't know like and the two men could potentially be together. <laughs> where, where, where was it you grew up? Tottenham, North London. Say them all, say them all. Yeah, like, so you know. Um, yeah. making this very clear because so far, so far, we have not really disclosed, mm. uh, the extent that you have done adult work. So, oh, okay. and so, so we, we basically gone Juicy through the stuff. fact that no, 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 because, because I think it's quite interesting because that is probably the last thing that we, we, we would focused on you about the fact that you were doing care working before and then you uh you're now telling us that uh you know you were engaged mm. to be married to a woman yeah and that relationship at the end fizzled out yeah so can you tell us a little bit about the aha moment when you were like okay this is going to be the path for me so I don't think it really happened until I started escorting. Oh, um, so that came first. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I, came, I broke up with her. I came out. Again, that wasn't necessarily a good situation. One of my cousins mm. was trying to blackmail me into doing something. Oh, said, well, of course. If you, of don't, course. if you don't tell, or if you don't go and do this, I'm going to tell your mum that you was in Grinder and mm -hmm. you was going doing this and you was doing mm -hmm. that and da 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 so I said to her, do you know what, fuck you. I don't need you to tell my mum. I'll go and tell her. And Myself, I, I yeah. told my mum that very day. She can't take your rights away from oh, you. Oh, but honey, there are people that people always want to try. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and you know, sometimes the most horrible people come disguised as family. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of you course. can't choose your family, can you? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I mean, she suffers from her own mental health. She's actually bipolar and she has lots of other problems that, you know, is beyond my, my mindset. And I, I just unfortunately have cut that person out of my life yeah so yeah, you have to you have to do that i mean when it's come to a point when somebody's else mental health is affecting your mental health you've got to try and like what's the most important okay. that that's what's calling out cutting out toxic people out yeah, of your life yeah, definitely you, you're saying that about mental health but you've just said that somebody's decided to give you money for mm -hmm. being an escort mm -hmm. which a lot of people might see as you know some kind of a mental health thing because you're now associating sex with money rather than sex with joy. Who first said, I'll give you some money? How did that happen? Again, it was that same cousin. She um, put, <laughs> me, she, she put me onto a website, Adult Work, um, told me 
I said to her, I might want to be an escort. She said, oh yeah, cool, do it. This is a website, you can do it on da 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 Tell me the website. So I she was scheming. Up. She was scheming. Yeah. So I, she was scheming. And then that's where I found my first client on adult work. Okay. Um, went and met him, got paid for it. And I was like, wow, the man's just paid me £150 to lick my bum hole. But wow. what, what made you think? So it's not, a, it's not a, a normal progression with someone to go, right, well, I'm now gay and now I want to get paid for it. There must be something that God, I can make money out okay, of Okay, so me. in that situation, why did I go into the sex world? Yeah. Was because when I broke up with my fiancé, I thought to myself, right, I had to move back home with my mum and dad and brother into my old childhood bedroom. And I was like, okay, I want to meet new people, gay people, like-minded people. I want to earn money mm-hmm. and I want to have sex. Oh, cool. And then escorting kills three birds in one stone. Six old boxes, but, isn't it? but listen, <laughs> listen. The thing is, the thing is, is that um, I find it quite annoying that some people would think that that kind of like mindset or that frame of mind would be uh, strange mm-hmm. or obscure. When it, for me personally, I think that that is something that if you can acknowledge that about your reality and of your situation that makes you so strong mm. because you've just named the things that you like to do in life. And how yeah. old were you when you did this? Can you tell us? I was like 27. Okay. When you're 27 years old, you don't know fuck all about life. And you're like, okay, if I enjoy sex and if I want to make money and if I don't want to live here anymore with my parents and I want to do something that gives me all of these three things, I am going to escort. And yeah. that is number one, and I want to say this to everybody listening out there, a valid, valid choice that you can make that number one, isn't disgusting or no, isn't no, no. abnormal or that isn't any certain way because we have the right to make these decisions. However, society will tell us, well, no, if you want to do all that, well, why don't you get a job at McDonald's? So, so why didn't you get a job at McDonald's? Why didn't you get a job at Kentucky Fried Chicken? You might be vegetarian. No, I'm not. I eat a lot of meat. Um, (laughs) Why did I go into escorting? I think um, rather than McDonald's. um, (laughs) Well, I think sex and money. (laughs) Sex and money, don't get that, McDonald's. I think, Michael, the main reason was that I just really wanted to um, meet gay people, people who were like-minded. And I just, you know, I'm not an escort who just goes in in a revolving door and in and out i do tend to make a relationship with my a connection clients. a connection yeah and i've maintained a steady client base for the last three to four years yeah um like some of them i've seen continuously every month some of them once a week wow. but i've got at least five yeah. people that i've seen for the last five years yeah and and you know you know i just think it's really important to kind of like because of what you have told us from the beginning of you know you were a care worker mm. you were actually banned yeah from care working mm-hmm. because you started doing escorting and you know it's quite unfortunate that because you, you you choose to go down a path of escorting that you would be banned no i you think know, I, no you know what it is it's, I, I, it's, I think People don't, they don't necessarily know I'm an escort. It's, but then again, if you saw me on the escort website, Sleepy Boys, Adult Work, whatever it is. But I think it's the whole... Was that a plug? No, I'm not. It's not at all. I didn't, give you, I didn't, give, you, didn't give you my handles. But no, <laughs> what is your handles? Just for people that comes know. at the end. <laughs> that comes at the end. No, but I just think that, you know, um, people view it as that if you're having sex, like we mentioned earlier, if you're having sex and it's not to reproduce, you're perverse. You're yeah. disgusting. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're a man who's having sex with man they don't want you to be near children because they think you're a pervert and they think yeah. you're gonna kiddie fiddle and i'm not a pedophile i've no interest in children like you know it's just oh, i don't I, see why yeah. people associate gay men with that yeah, but it's that's, not that's, that's, that's not but, no but, concept but, but listen it? but listen we were talking about that today which is quite unfortunate but gay men equate everything to sex mm. you know it's like so annoying like we were talking about this today it's like uh the guy that told piers uh whatever his morgan. name is piers morgan off you know he he's now like a hottie on twitter trending on twitter because he's a hottie because the gays are at it again mm. and it's like it's like girl where can we separate the fact that you are a gay man but it's not all about sex yeah you know and but, and but that's something that we have to learn as gay people you know it has, it has to people go. need to learn this <laughs> Micah, i mean even like so being an escort porn model whatever it is you know you meet somebody in the gay world and i can't necessarily find it easy 
to to have a boyfriend at the moment. I do with James, but like I don't find it easy because whenever you meet somebody, they're like, yeah. "Oh, you must have so much sex. You must be doing everything. You yeah. must do this. You da, da, da. They come onto your phone, slide into your DMs. I'm so horny. Dick pics, ass pics. Mm. Fuck me, fuck me, fuck me. And I'm like, mm. wow. Just because that's part of my personality, it doesn't mean that I'm switched on twenty four seven. It doesn't yeah, yeah, mean yeah. you can text me at seven o'clock in the morning exactly. and expect yeah, me to give you my fucking morning boner pictures. Exactly. But this is this is what we're discussing in a previous podcast because you're selling a product which is happened to be you having sex yeah. they think you are ownable so then because it's a i product. have to also appreciate that i've put myself in this light and that this yeah. is what's going to come back to me from being in that light now then building on to mm-hmm. what keith said previously mm-hmm. in other mm-hmm. podcasts mm-hmm. it's down to me whether i keep looking at my twitter my instagram mm-hmm. keep responding to these people and i do generally have moments when i look at my phone and i just put it down of course. i don't touch it of course i have we all have we 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 all go through those months but i think i think the most important thing you know for for us uh, talking about certain issues that we have like for example um being on social media and mm. being active on social media and then being in real life because I kind of want to talk about. Um, you can flag this if 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 you if you don't want to flag if you're, it. If you're not if you're not flag comfortable it. talking about this. But I kind of want to talk to you about a little bit about your uh, issues. Yeah. Um, with alcohol. Yes. Because you 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 had uh, moments where you were uh, arrested mm-hmm. for. Oh, hey. uh, What's going on yeah. here? He was arrested for alcohol um, abuse. Well, abuse. Yeah, I've um, been arrested. I've been told that I need to go to AA by somebody very close to me. Somebody's pulled me aside after doing a sex show and said, "Every time I see you, you're drunk. You're yeah. a problem." Blah blah blah. Uh, oh. And but what is that? Has that been a problem for you? It has. Alcohol has been a problem for me, but the there's a reason behind it. Okay. <laughs> so like, um, going back to the self harm. Sorry. So self-harm was very visible to people And I didn't like that they could physically see See, Something was wrong Why is he doing this So I found a new way to self-sabotage myself Which was through substance Which is is acceptable (laughs) and it's legal And it's hidden very quite well And it's not visible, of course course. So yeah, I went on to cocaine, alcohol um, Weed, ecstasy, um, prescription medication um, Not at the same time, no? Yeah Or is it through... Oh, okay, so you'd combine all yeah. these. Two. Wow, that's hardcore. God, how how, um, are, how are you still alive? By the blessings of God. Yeah, like no, literally. Bring, there's also bring God here. I've also Jesus. wrote down a pit on my little notes about when I did, took an accidental suicide, uh, accidental overdose. Oh, okay. Um, and how did that I mean? Start? I woke up the next day with like three packets of tramadol next to me. I t- wow. took them all day long, and like you know. And I woke up thinking to myself, I could have died last night. I, I passed out. I don't remember going to sleep. I don't remember taking all of them tablets, mm-hmm. but I did. It's heavy stuff. And I thought, you know, I didn't die. By the grace of God, I'm not necessarily a religious person, but mm. by the grace of the universe or whatever it is, I didn't pass away. So do you know what? I'm here for a reason. I've got something more to do. I, I'm not ready to go yet. So that was your turning point. Um, yeah, and then at that moment, Keith, I got rid of all of my prescription drugs. Yeah. I um, took myself to the doctors. It didn't really work out too well that time. No. Um, Why? This, this, is, this is something that I wanted to raise here. Very important that just because you decide to pick yourself up mm. doesn't mean that further down the road you will fall back down and again. I did. And this is why I wanted to talk to you because James, your partner, had told me a little bit about mm-hmm. your history when you were arrested for uh, for when you, you got... Um, yeah. what, what happened to you? You keep floating around the arrested bit. Okay. What, what? So should we go for the full story? Go uh, do it. Go for the whole story. Right. So like I just briefly mentioned um, my alcohol use. The, the reason for my alcohol use was because I do suffer with anxiety, social anxieties. If I'm in a room... New mm. room, could be a club, wherever it be, loads of people there. I feel like I'm the odd person out. Like everyone's fitting into the puzzle, but I'm okay. the odd piece of the puzzle. Like everyone's vibing, but I don't vibe. And so how do I deal with that? And okay. my answer a minute ago was yeah, drink. drugs, drugs and drink. Alcohol. Of course. So years passed on and I got rid of the drugs, minus just the weed. But, you know, whatever, it is what it is. Um, and... 
I masked everything with alcohol. So it was Topher's birthday, Topher Taylor. Hey. Yeah, yeah. We know him Shout well. out to Topher. Topher. Shout Hi. out to Topher. And I was so anxious and I was so worried about, you know, being in a group full of my peers that I respected and that I loved and that I wanted to be welcomed into the group. I wanted to be there. So I wanted to be the funny person. I wanted to be the hyper person, the loud, everything. So I drank, 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 drank. Yeah, I remember that. We were we were we were doing shots at the bar. Yeah, and, and then I, I was even taking yeah, drinks yeah. from the bar that weren't even my drink. Yeah. And I saw oh. a drink there and I just take it. You want to those drunk Yeah, and, and I remember I remember at one point, uh James, your partner, he told me he was like I have, we were talking and he literally said to me, I have to go uh, take care of my husband right now. Mm. And I was like, okay, fine, girl, you do what you do. But I have, I was not prepared to, mm. to, to see what was going on. So fill us in a lot. Oh. Well, that was the problem. So masking the, my anxieties with the alcohol is fine because it mutes my my inner demons it mutes yeah. my inner voice and yeah. um, they're not gone away but it's muted mm. and then it gets to a point where you've drunk too much alcohol or took too much drugs and then it's not muted no more and they've it's, now got a megaphone yeah, and they're me now screaming yeah. in right. your head <laughs> and like so now instead of just feeling a little bit anxious i'm feeling really fucking anxious oh, wow. and like i don't want to be around people i don't want to be in this party no more i don't want to do, 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 do. yeah yeah, I remember. So got to that point and then James was outside with a mic, I think, yeah. smoking with yeah. some other people. And I tried to walk out the club with my drink. The bouncer said I can't take the drink outside, yeah. which is fair too, you know, yeah. you're not allowed. It is no it's a rule. It's a normal rule. Yeah. Um but in my head it didn't quite compute and I gave him my drink and then I said, I'm just going to go and say to my friend that I'm coming, I'm coming, don't do nothing. I'm going to Then I went back and my drink was gone and he was like, well, you left. So yeah. whatever. And yeah, I remember yeah. looking at this man and in my head, like the voice was saying, just fucking slap him. Yeah. Just oh, slap him wow. one time. Yeah. It just takes one time. He's so close. And then before I even thought about it anymore, my hand reached up and it connected with the bouncer's face. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Before oh, I knew it, I was floored and the man was on top of me. Like I couldn't do nothing. Well, wow. there was not there was not only one person. There were several people. Yeah. Hang on. on there, there were several bounces that had yeah. to tame you. Several, several people. I think it was. I wouldn't the, necessarily say they had to. No, it they was, wanted. They to. wanted to. Okay. Because like when we were talking uh, previously with James, they wanted to make an example out of James to know that this kind of behavior yeah. was not acceptable. Which is fair enough because I mean, obviously, it's not. you have you you have a lot of people in Soho mm -hmm. that that get beyond you know go beyond the rails or whatever. But I really think that it was excessively forceful when it was. when when there were literally three people on top of J james and you know i was just thinking to myself what the fuck is going on do you know like, the most thing i remember being i can't remember too much of it but i remember when they was all restraining me on the floor and i'd actually just getting over a chest infection i just finished antibiotics yeah. um i am asthmatic Okay. And they was on my chest and I just remember screaming at him, I can't breathe. Like, you're literally stopping me from breathing. I had my asthma inhaler in my hand. They did not care. Wow. And this guy, he weren't little. He was like at no, least three times not. my size. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. was on my chest and then he had his mates on my legs and my arms were out. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. It was kind of cold that night, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I'm on the floor and I'm just wearing like some... Ripped up like top right pants, now. like literally, yeah, literally. Like I was now because Topher's party was tarts and vickers, so I was a tart. So <laughs> <laughs> Who wasn't? <laughs> Who wasn't? And I'm literally, I'm cold. I'm like screaming it. I remember James saying, "James, tell him I can't breathe. I can't breathe." And I remember Michael's yeah. voice and everything. Yeah. And I told him, I, I just, I just kept on saying to James, I was like, just relax. And 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 James was telling, you know, he was trying to calm you down because. I think that you were like in such a state that you were kind of like almost like scared of what could happen if, yeah. if, if and, and we saw that, you know? I think at that moment also, Michael, and I'm, I'm not just trying to make it bigger. I'm, yeah, I'm a, very, very aware of my own mental health and my own um, abilities. Yeah. Um, I was probably, yeah, I was probably scared that I could escalate it even further. Of course, of course, um, yeah. yeah. I, I, was, was that a learning? Was that, was that was when you said look? Well, well, can you tell us a little bit? Because of that moment, you actually went to yes. court. So yes, yeah, um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He fuck. was, he was, he went to they, court. Cuba yeah. prosecuted me. Prosecuted, yeah. Um, Cuba I was fined four hundred and fifty pounds, yeah. and I have a criminal record now for aggravated assault. Um, <laughs> which, which, by the way, um, he literally did not did did not do anything at the point where, besides of 
slapping the the first uh, bouncer, then there were Which three is, on top of you. Which is wrong, but I think yeah, what but followed were, was a yeah, bit excessive. Yeah. yeah, there were three people on top of him, and I remember that Lock very him. clearly. Yeah, three people on top of him trying to calm him down, and 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 I remember James saying to him, "Is like you do not need to be on top of him." It was like, and and it was just such a situation. It was. I mean, also James is somebody who has an SIA badge so he also knows how to yeah, restrain yeah, yeah, people yeah, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Um, first aid person first aid so person, you know yeah. when you're at clubs like SBN and people are taking mm. something and they've gone some way James is the person who helps them they don't James take is, anything at SBN surely well, hopefully <laughs> not but you know some <laughs> but not not in, in just in general <laughs> you maybe know? they've drunk too much kid. yeah I think so <laughs> just, too much in general, just in general but I think that that was one of the most important things you know that came of that whole thing was yeah. the fact that you have been you have a you have a criminal record mm, yeah and and, and that sticks yeah that sticks that's never gonna go away um, so from being in the cell all night long, the, my problem is as well that once I get enraged, it takes a long time, time for, for the you, rage yeah, to, die to, down. to die down. Yeah. So the police, um, I wasn't very nice to them. I, I, well, James filled me in on a little bit about I that, remember, yeah. so funny story, I remember there was another guy kicking up inside the police station and I'm sitting outside and I'm like, I need to go to the toilet. And he was like, well, you can't because that guy's kicking off. I said to him, I went, right, you need to take me to the toilet now. And he was like, no, you can't, you can't. I said, right, fine, I'll just pull my dick out and piss here. You can't do that. This is a police station. I said, okay, fine, I won't pull my dick out. I'll just piss myself then. So I just stand here and I'll just wet myself. And did you? No, they oh, fucking took me into that toilet quick, quick, quick. Because <laughs> they didn't want to. They didn't want to deal with a pissy drunk. Uh, of course. <laughs> well, the thing is, the thing is, is that I think that you know during during that time, I remember um, James messaging me afterwards because I was very, very aware of what was going mm. on, you know, and I was very kind of like. I was I was very very sad about the situation because I think that it could have been handled in such a different way, yeah. and then you continued to still do, for example, because I remember James telling me that you you had stopped drinking. How long had you had 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 you done that for? Um, I stopped drinking that time. Yeah, probably for a couple of months. Yeah. Um, While still doing escorting and doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you were still doing your regular work, but you had just stopped drinking. Yeah. How did that make you feel? Because you it were, made me feel a lot better. But do you know what? I did feel like I was missing because I'm a smoker as well. So you know, yeah. when you stop smoking and then all your friends are going out smoking, you're kind of like, oh, I'm missing out on that social yeah. situation. So when I stopped drinking, a lot of my friends were drinking and. James would even be like, oh, what, you're not drinking? <laughs> okay, good for you, babes. You shouldn't be drinking, da, da, da. But it was kind of still, there was a little bit like, oh, my friend's still not drinking. I've still no. not got it's my like, drinking buddy. It's like you were the Debbie Downer of the group. Yeah, yeah, I mean, oh. it was very respectful. <laughs> um, Tofo also really sung my praises. And, you know, he told me about oh, AAs, that he's been there and everything. Oh, so he related with me and it was really nice. Um but then there was another incident when I went to, <laughs> I was um, being a body painted model. So, you know, they paint, I'm basically just wearing pants and they're okay. going to paint whatever they're going to paint on me at Scala for Winter Pride. And again, my anxieties, demons were there. So I drank a bottle of Bells, not oh, half a bottle, it. a bottle, 27 units. Um, <laughs> and then I literally just, Lost it. I, I remember falling down the stairs at Scala. I remember going outside to have a cigarette and then I slumped over on the floor and I started vomiting and then somebody walked past and told me, you're so disgusting, vomiting. Then I tried to fight them. Then literally wow. at that moment, again, knight in shining armor, James comes along. <laughs> hey, Bless him. Hey, bros, that's my friend. He ain't right. Leave him alone. Go about your business. And then he took me home. And then, so he saved he saved it from escalating into a yeah he really saved me incident. in that situation yeah. and um, that was the one moment when I thought to myself no we're gonna stop drinking now completely oh really yeah and I remember that you had stopped I had, drinking yeah. for how long I did stop drinking for a good six months to eight months something like that it was okay. a very long time and i had not dropped one drop of alcohol okay i was so proud of myself michael because i took myself to selfridges and i bought myself fucking alcohol-free gin yeah i spent 30 pounds on that bottle <laughs> <laughs> of that, distilled water <laughs> does that really deserve a clap 
Because it's sober uh, for eight months. Oh, oh yes. What yeah, about? Just yeah, that yeah, deserve yeah. a clap. No, just because no, you're no, a gin soaked no, 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 I'm saying I'm not saying because of that. I'm saying because of spending that much money on something. Oh, we can see not where not your focus is. <laughs> no, it was silly. But do you know what? In, in my in my justification, yeah. I spent a lot more on alcohol. Uh, of course. So thirty pounds is a drop in the ocean. So can I ask <laughs> you? Um, now that you are obviously. We're, we're drinking Prosecco, obviously. Mm. Um, why have you started to drink again? Coronavirus. I mean, I'm not going to blame it on the coronavirus, but, you know, it's, it's, catalyst. It's, it's it was a catalyst. I thought to myself, you know, if we have to be on lockdown, I can't go out and see my friends. I can't do what I need to do. Mm -hmm. I could potentially die um, from coronavirus or have very... Uh, serious health implications would you class yourself as high risk yeah i have an autoimmune disorder yeah, yeah. so also asthmatic so if the corona did get me it probably wouldn't be um, a nice a pretty yeah. sight it would no. yeah. um and then coronavirus happened and i thought do you know what i want to if if i'm gonna all world's gonna die zombie apocalypse because mm. of coronavirus i'm gonna have a good time and i'm gonna enjoy a drink but you can manage it now have you got like have you learned the tools to manage it or was it a case of that was your excuse to drink again um, I think I've learned that when I'm getting to a certain point now, it's a good idea to switch to water. Um, okay. Once them voices in my head start swimming and I start feeling dizzy again and I'm, I'm looking around and I don't know who to talk to, what to, what I'm talking about, then mm -hmm. I know that I probably need to take a break. Well, it's like this podcast. Okay, we never okay. know what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that's actually a very, very good point because there are certain, um, I think, like trigger warnings that mm. we each get within our own selves and i think one of the most important things that if we could possibly say to anybody that is actually going through you know um, mental health issues one of the most important things that i think that we need to mention is to listen to yourself yes definitely and if that self is saying you need help mm. if that self is saying stop if that help is saying whatever listen to you know that voice the hard thing is is that when you're listening to your voice and he's telling you you need help and you're acknowledging yes i need help mm -hmm. and then you take yourself to the gp yeah to the yeah. psychiatric yeah, hospital yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah similar to chris in his podcast he was feeling suicidal and went to yeah. them and told them mm -hmm. look i'm feeling this type of way and they yeah. said okay thank you we'll call you yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. I and Chris said he that. didn't have nothing yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. for me yeah, i agree i'd initially went to the gp when i was 18 years old and told them i was feeling depressed yes. and i was having problems and they put me on searching yeah which was fine i mean antidepressant i had to go for a few different types of antidepressants before yeah. i found the one that worked for me because yeah. some of them actually do was searching one of the bad ones for you no, Citraloprim was the worst one. It made me feel like I was on speed. It just made me feel like I was so much and more energetic than what I usually am. That gave me sexual dysfunction. I couldn't come. Mm -hmm. like, Thank you. I could be wanking for hours. I could be fucking as hard as anything and I just couldn't come. Yeah, yeah. So that was when I went to the doctor that time and that was just hard because I went there and he was like, oh no, I don't think you're right. And I had to go back because I was experiencing a problem with my aunt who's got very severe mental health. And she was being groomed by somebody of another nationality to get pregnant so that he could get a visa. Right. And I, it really made me feel powerless. And that's when I feel powerless is when my emotions tend to really go crazy. And yeah. when I feel trapped is yeah. when I really can't control it. And I explained to my doctor that I was having really vivid images in my head of harming this man and causing him some damage. And I told him that I'd really enjoy it. I'd really enjoy doing something to him and I would laugh as I do it. And the doctor told me, mm, you're depressed here, Sertraline, great. Yeah, yeah. Well, it went quite like that. It was another drug and then I had to get on Sertraline. But you know what the thing, the thing is, is that I personally but think that- the, Sorry, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. problem was that, that that was the first time, but I had yeah. to go back a couple of times yeah. for them to really to understand really, yeah, that yeah, yeah. I actually do have a problem. Like, yeah. no, actually mm. this yeah, boy yeah. Is, is, is not right because yeah. it wasn't until I went back to the GP after the Topher birthday incident, yeah, yeah, yeah. after the Winter Pride mm. incident, and I had James on my shoulder, and I took him into my GP with me, and I told, I broke down in front of the GP, and I said, something's not right yeah. inside me. It's like the good voice, it's like the Jiminy Cricket has gone. gone. It's yeah, like yeah. I can't hear him anymore. It's 
all I've got is just fucking do it. Just slap him. Just take that drug. Yeah. Just drink that yeah. drink. Just fuck it. Who cares? Press that fuck it, fuck it, fuck it button. Do, do you know what the, the funny thing is? I, I think mental health is a bit like what postnatal depression was in, say, like the 80s, because that was not a recognised condition. Yeah. It's like people having a lot of these depressive states after giving birth, and it's not recognisable. And I think it's taken, especially during the pandemic, now we're saying men, everyone's on the mental health because bandwagon. But you've had it since you was 18, and, and you know, obviously you're older than that now. Mm. But it's taken something like this to everyone go actually we have an issue with mental health especially with men well i'm in my early 30s now and i'm just realizing and coming to terms with how i am as a person and how i can navigate my life mm. when i have these feelings of you know these high feelings it's like i want to do everything you know do you want to book holiday let's go to las vegas oh well let's go to australia instead no fuck it let's go to kuala lumpur <laughs> yeah. it really will i would be like that but like then there's times when I just can't even get out of bed and I'm just like, I don't want to see the world. I don't want to. But, but that sounds like a, a bit like a bipolar episode, you know, one extreme you are over. I mean, I think Chris is maybe a bit more, the guy that we had on the podcast before, he knows someone was bipolar. There you, is yeah, two but, cases of bipolar diagnosed within my family. Oh, well, there we are. Okay. Um, yeah. God, I was talking I mean, shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but the thing, the thing is, so it's is very that, likely yeah. that I'm okay. on the spectrum. Yeah. But, but you know what? The thing is, is that nowadays, I think that one of the one of the best things about living in our current society is that if we search for help, mm. that doesn't mean that you have to go through a GP or whatever. No. If we search for help we can find it yeah whether that be through charities whether that be through support groups whether that be through anything and if we can leave anybody with anything um let's say on a more supportive note can you tell us a little bit about where you are right now and how you have managed to come forth mm -hmm. through a, a bleak experience right now i'm at a place in my life where i don't have an actual mental health diagnosis okay what i do have is some letters from the nhs okay <laughs> oh. tell what, me what, i'm somebody what, of interest that tell what, me what, I'm, what do those letters that, say well i explained to him mm. all of like you know my coming out yeah, me yeah, being yeah, in yeah. the sex world me yeah, being yeah. in the gay and he kind of told me that i need to mix with more straight people that i need to step, step away from the gay well, world i, 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 I want to i want to take so, so this, this is, how old is this, this, is, this letter this is from, this from having gay is, council we're, we're calling him out bitch this is from herring gay council this is from it's just down the road from here do you give me mr yeah mr mr so. Flag it. Flag. You've used my real name, bitch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For fuck's sake, can I go? I'm sorry. It's okay. Like oh, girl, it's double sided. Yeah. It is double sided. I mean, one of the things that they wanted me to go to, which I really do appreciate, was mm -hmm. the um, the Everyman Project. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard of that. Um, it deals with a lot of the things that I have. However, it's mainly targeted towards men who are doing domestic violence okay from what i saw on the website mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now i'm somebody who went through domestic violence my mm -hmm. dad used to beat my mum. yeah and i think that's where i got my aggression your from. aggression from and yeah. so i mean i don't necessarily want to go to a group which was targeted for that and, it, and it's not catered towards your experience so yes. it, it would make make you feel a little bit awkward in that sense. Mm -hmm. I recognise that I'm somebody who has difficulties with mental health. Um, for me, mental health is your emotional thought process. It's how you navigate the world. It's how you see everything. And I'm somebody who I acknowledge I see it differently than some people, most yeah. people. Um, I have to realise now that when I'm starting to feel anxious, I need to take some time away, time away. some yeah. time to myself. It's about tools, isn't it? Coping tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you implemented them into your daily life or is it is it a daily thing that you have to... It's something I need to be conscious of daily. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I can't say like, okay, I've got all the tools here and I'm ready and I'm yeah. set to go. It's, mm -hmm. you know, every day is different. Every day gives a different trigger. Every day gives mm -hmm. a different feeling. Um, and then it's just on that day, how how how, how am I going to navigate this? And it's where yeah. you have to be a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. more canny. Like I said, like, 
I have to recognize when I'm self-sabotaging myself. Yeah. And yeah. cheers to myself and say, thanks. Thank you for your thoughts. That's what you're thinking. Yeah. But yeah. it's not what everyone else is thinking. Exactly. And you're here for a reason, you know. But you, I mean, one of the themes that's throughout this, you're saying that there's, there's something telling you, it's like a voice, to, I'm, yeah. I'm simplifying it, but there's a voice telling you, mm-hmm. this is what people are thinking. Yeah. My internal that, that, monologue. Yeah, that's, I mean, I I think a few of us have suffered from mental health, but I think they might react differently. That sounds something more on like, not want to say, but like a schizophrenic kind of scale. Well, that would be if I had voice. multiple voices, right? I don't know. If I'm, I not, I'm, not, I'm not an I expert I mean, most people, if we think about it, we have the good voice, the bad voice. Yeah, that's not, yeah. But that's not. It's not necessarily schizophrenic. It's But most of the time what I'm finding is that the good voice is being muted, drowned out by the bad voice. Right, okay. I mean, he does come back. Jiminy does come back now and Are again. You call him Jiminy. <laughs> yeah, he does pop back and say, hi, how you doing, James? Like, you know, you're doing good. Mm. And, you know, I can put myself up because do you know what I can do at the same time is I've had to turn my whole mind frame around. And instead of looking like I was explaining, explaining to Chris earlier, instead of looking at my glass, like my glass is half empty. My glass hasn't got this in it. It hasn't got that in it. Muscles, beard, tattoos, whatever it may be with the gay society tells us we need to have to be beautiful. And I need to start remembering that my glass is actually half full. What do I have? I have great people in my life, like Keith and Michael. Yeah. You know, oh. I meet new people, yeah. Chris. Oh. And, you know, I'm a very yeah. friendly person and you I'm are. very open. You are very friendly. You and, are very And like friendly. I say, my core beliefs are inclusion and diversity. They are. Mm-hmm. they are. I can, you can learn so much more from somebody who's so different. Like, you know, I don't necessarily, I'd met somebody like a Michael until I met a Michael. Oh, uh-huh, well. But, no one's let anyone. But do you know what? I've learned a lot from you. <laughs> And, oh, you, and it's, it's a lot about acceptance, you know. Like you could look at a micro and be like, "Oh my God, she's so different." What? What is? What? What? Mm. But do you know what? Just by accepting her, do you know what? Everyone is different. We are different. She looks different. So what? Mm. Like, okay, she's a male, but we call her a she. That's yeah. fine. It's no problem. But you know, she's taught me so much. Like that, she didn't even realize, and I didn't even realize she was teaching it when you taught me it. But it was just like, you know, acceptance, diversity. Mm. How much fun I've had with this bitch when she's been around. Oh. And it's like, I Some listen. call it fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, oh my gosh. You know what, James? I, I actually, uh, I think that that's one of the main things that I think that, uh, not only myself, but I think that what we try to do with but, the whole entire thing of being more open instead of being force fed bullshit of gays ourselves that we get fed mm-hmm. into what you were saying you're not but muscly, think about this in bearded, a way. you know in this world instead of looking at everyone being like oh he's so different she's so different that's not right this is i don't know like a race thing comes into it a trans thing comes into it a, mm-hmm. a sexual thing mm-hmm. do you know what? if you just fucking forgot all about that yeah. We'd actually have a good time. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. we would actually vibe. We would, we, we would have a really good time. I've yeah. had so, like, there's not been many, many nights, but, you know, whenever I've come to SBN and I've been on the stage and you're DJing Pitbull's example, Ooh, I'm being God. banged out by Pitbull with a fucking 10 Pitbull the singer? No, Pitbull Triple X from, um, where's he from? Grand Canaria? Yeah, Grand Canaria. I thought you meant Pitbull the singer? Yeah, no, Ooh, my God. dreams, my dreams. <laughs> But like, um, his dick's fucking massive. It's like a fucking baby's arm. And he was banging me over for a mirror. I'll show you the video soon. I've got it on and my And I phone. was like, girl, I was like, yeah, she's just spinning the tunes. And you got James and the Michael go, ooh, ooh, look at that. And I'm kind of like, I'm trying to be professional. Yeah. So, as like, I'm being no. split in two. And that's, and, that's, and that's what we were saying. That's what we were saying. We were like, this bitch is a professional because, oh Lord, oh Lord. Thirsty bitch. The last thing that we talked about which I think is very important, was your adult work. The yes. first thing that we talked about was your care work. And I think that that's very important because people need to see that being a sex worker does not negate no. everything else that you do. Sex works work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But not, but no, not. but what I would like to say to that is that, yes, n- not all sex workers. It, it, sex is one thing. It's just one yeah. thing that I'm doing is yeah. part of my day job. When, yeah. I, when I, I'm not necessarily continuously turned on mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sex is a big part of me. And I think that's, you know, like we're saying, that gays, we do sexualize things. Yeah. But, you know, we also then 
like I say, I put myself into the porn world and we do sexualize things as gays. So, you know, yeah. we do put ourselves there. And yeah, yeah, we yeah, should we do. also yeah. expect a certain amount of comebackance from yeah. what we're doing. So yeah. I can't blame the social yeah. services I, for I, not letting me. Of course, but I agree anymore. with you. But I said this to you last time and I will stick by it and I will oh. say it to you again. Oh, here we go. When someone shows you who they are, believe them, bitch. Mm. And when and, and if that if that first time that somebody sees you and that person isn't somebody that you like, erase them from your life. Yeah. Gut, gut feelings the, are always yeah, yeah, the best. Gut feelings are Do you know what? We are all actually the same. And talking about porn, like I will be in porn and I'll be standing there in the porn clubs with these guys with their big ripping muscles, their big bearded selves and, you know, tattoos from their ass to their elbows, sexy as hell. And I'm standing there looking at them like, that's not me. I'm just an um, average body typed white guy see that's not no the label tattoos, that's not healthy no right? no tattoos no beard i have no label but mm. this man is the daddy he is the tattooed hunk he is the bearded god he is this that yeah that. Mm. but do you know what at the end of the day them boys probably have the same insecurities as me yeah, exactly. but do you know what they deal with it in a different in way a different way and yeah, yeah yeah you know everybody is valid and everybody's been there for a reason so if you've been called to go and do a porn scene you've been called for a reason if yeah. you've been called to go and do a sex show to be on stage you've been called for a yeah. reason you are valid you are not nobody you don't need to feel like you're shrinking away because you know mm. we are all the same we all actually have the same insecurities it's just manifested in a different way which kind of brings us around to the very first podcast you was on self-love yeah yes. you need to have self-love yes. i've just done myself a service okay. there <laughs> hey so thank you so much yeah. thank james you, for having you me. have been it's amazing been this this podcast i think uh has will be a very eye-opening uh, listened for so but many people. There is people. help for people out there as well, yeah. you know. Yeah, you yeah. you, we'll you have got to look we for will, it. We will, we will link don't all of them Don't just fall at the first hurdle. When yeah. the doctor tell you, no, you're fine. No, you're not well, fine. Honey, you, you know have, you're not. Go you, back. You have, Fight your corner. You have the, the letters to prove it. Mm. So, and, and I think I think one thing as well with mental health service in the UK, because I know most yeah. of our listeners are in America, is that if you want mental health service, we have got it free in the UK, but there is quite a large waiting list, and especially from um, obviously the COVID time, yeah. there's a lot yeah. more waiting list. But there's a book which yeah. I class as a mental health bible. It's called the Chimp Paradox. Oh, it yeah, tells yeah, you all about one. the way you think, all about your computer, your gremlins, how you can train yourself. Chimp and Paradox. That's, that's, a, that's a I great read, book. Yeah, yeah. Can I, read, I just yeah. chip in? There's one book by a guy called Eckhart Tolle. It's called a new world a new earth or something and he's talking okay. a lot about being present and a lot about your ego and a lot about how um there's a podcast on it oprah winfrey covered it also uh don't oh. we're oh. not going there but i'm just she's saying that, that podcast she's triggered sorry, sorry about that um oh, but no ouch. the podcast is actually really good and the book eckhart tolle he's a spiritual leader and he really it really did help me okay and that's uh, called what it's, I think it's called a new world or a new earth. Do you want to give all your social media? Yeah, can you, can James? you give us all or your social? Or should we call you real name? Do you know the no. best way to catch me is just on Twitter, which is I am James Bennett Triple X. Here you are. If you want to see me on Instagram, it's XX James Bennett XX. <laughs> Well, I can't imagine anything better to end our mental health month and season three, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the most important things that um Besides repeating myself, which you clearly made me aware of last time. You won't have heard all that. I've had to edit the fuck out of that. That cost me half a day. I know, half a day. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that that was kind of like the best way to end because I think that his story was quite... It was quite positive, I must say. It does end on a positive note. And also as well, when you're listening to this in the UK, we are just heading out of our third and hopefully final lockdown as well. Girl, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed because... Well, you're vaccinated and I'm vaccinated. Oh, yes. I'm a vaccinated gender non-binary person. (laughs) Now, this is very exclusive. We still don't know. But we have talks that we might, if this, listen, if this this happens, we might be DJing at a bar club slash club in London we d- we're not going to say anything, but me and Keith, we're, we're in talks. We're, we're the spoons. Yeah. <laughs> we're in talks, we're the spoons. <laughs> Curry night on a Wednesday. <laughs> going to sp- spin the latest Papa Dom. Oh, Lord. Yeah, Weatherspoons. That's where we're going to be heading after lockdown. Probably. That, that'll be that'll be our calling. Yeah. yeah so that's all we're going to say. We are yeah. going, but we will keep you updated. If anything happens, we will tell you on the first episode of season four, which airs. Well, Keith? I wanted to do May the 4th. 
I know, but that's a Tuesday, not Friday. Oh no! Is no, but we can do it for May the fourth because May the fourth is like May the fourth be with you. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we'll hijack that one. Yeah, we'll hijack that one. Thanks, Stephen. So, thank you so much for all of you that have been joining us for you know season three or for any of the seasons. Yeah, and uh, you can find us on social media where not season two, to be honest. <laughs> Will you let this go for Is season that getting four? old? Is Will that you let old? this go on season never. four? Never. I will well, you're the best never let that go. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's mainly because his entertainment's at the bottom of a fucking... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, Keith, would you like yeah. to say a few uh, s- uh, goodbye words for yeah. this month? Yeah, I'd like to say a big thank you. Season three, I think, has been a turning point for all of us. One, yeah. we've... we've we started it in lockdown. Yep. Um, I think what we've managed to achieve in regards to listeners um, affecting people that have yeah. listened. We've had a lot of emails and correspondence. Yep. And I think we're doing something right for once. Yes. I think it's really important to say that if you like and if you support this podcast, make sure that you show us by leaving a review on you know Apple Podcasts yeah. because we that, that helps us a lot. And also follow us on YouTube because... We are going to be launching our YouTube channel during the summer. We're we're, we're still working around our way um, of how we're going to do it of uh, like videos, you know, because we were talking yeah, about but that. It's you. You're the one that has to put slap on your face. I know, but the thing is, is that listen, we have a lot of things. We're we're investing a lot of time with Thirsty Bitch, and we have a lot of you know like ideas and what we want to do. But if you follow us on all of our social medias, you'll be the first to know yeah. exactly what we're doing. And yeah, and a big thank you for this season is going out to everyone that's listening to Japan because we're big in Japan. Yeah. So you guys, thank you so much for listening to all of us on season three. And we cannot wait for you to listen what we have in store for season four. And may the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. And remember, stay, stay thirsty. thirsty. Uh, are you a, a thirsty bitch? Or no?